Welcome to the Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week, Eric, we're talking about Wagner's last opera, Parsifal, mm-hmm. which debuted uh, at Bayreuth in 1882. Right. It was uh, something that Wagner called a Bühnenweifestspiel. Say As that you do. five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> which means uh, a consecration of the house play. He, he wrote it to inaugurate the Bayreuth house, which was the house that he built according to his very specific specifications to perform his operas and his operas alone. It's like an auditorium. It is, yeah. uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a different, it was a different, especially in those days, a very different kind of auditorium in that it was smaller than the, the big giant horseshoe you know, configuration uh, opera houses. Uh, and uh, the, the, the biggest innovation in Bayreuth is the fact that the orchestra is underneath the stage and completely covered in the pit. And so the sound is blended before it comes out into the auditorium, as opposed to most houses where the sound blends in the auditorium. So it's a very directed sound. It's, very, it's a very singer-friendly sound. Uh, which in Wagner is very important because you're dealing with very large orchestras for singers to uh, either get over or through with uh, with their voices. Wagner here, the double threat, because not only did he write the music, but he also wrote the libretto as well. He sure did. Based upon these medieval texts, these Arthurian legends, and Parsifal, is one of those Arthurian knights, isn't he? Right. He was. He was the. Uh, he was the principal one that was on the search for the Holy Grail, uh, in the Arthurian legends. Um, it's altered here slightly, as Wagner was wont to do. He drew from a lot of different sources and sort of cherry picked what he needed to tell the story he wanted to tell. We have here in Parsifal this community of the Knights of the Grail. Right. In Spain. In Spain, founded by. Uh, Titurel, who is a character in this in this opera, he founded the knights. He created, uh, he built Montsalvat, which was this this castle in Spain that was meant to house the Grail and to house the knights of the Grail in service to the Grail and to to protect it. It was a protective edifice. <laughs> and the Grail was the the, the the cup, the chalice that was, uh, according to legend, used by Christ at the Last Supper. At the Last Supper. And also the other uh, relic, holy relic that they had, past tense being very important here, was the uh, the sacred spear, which was the spear that one of the Roman soldiers used to wound Christ's side as he lay, as he was as dying he hung on, on the, the cross. cross as he right. hung on the cross, right. So then Montsalvat is a sort of this reliquary. It's this repository for these two sacred things, the grail and the spear. Right, although... In Wagner's opera, uh, the the Grail itself, in particular, it's very hard to describe. It's not just a relic. It's not just a thing. It has mystic qualities that accrue to it. It has its own motive in in the score. Um, it's it's it really is a symbol of of Christianity and of Christ, and it has very spiritual qualities that accrue to it. And the knights use this Grail in their own communions. Right. As the reenact of communion, as the reenactment of the Last Supper. Right, and thereby strengthening their bonds as Grail Knights and their commitment to serving the Grail, which is to say serving Christ and serving you know, the greater power. Montsalvat is in Spain, 
it's it's the bastion of Christianity against the the sort of the paganism. That's right. where the Christianity met Islam. Yes, Moorish Spain, and so you have this bastion of Christianity. You have the knights serving the Grail and all that that stood for. Titurel is now old and is dying, and he has passed on leadership of these knights to his son Amfortas. Exactly. However, before the opera opens, uh, Amfortas has come to grief. There is a sorcerer named Klingzor, who at one point wanted to become a knight of the Grail and petitioned Titurel for inclusion in the Grail Knights. And Titurel turned him down. And he didn't take that very well, Klingzor did yeah. not. <laughs> so he became sort of the chief opponent to the, to the Knights of the Grail and to the forces of the Grail Knights. He basically sets up his own castle not far from Montsalvat and surrounds it with a magic garden uh, populated by flower maidens, magical uh, creatures, seductresses, basically, who lure and tempt the Grail Knights to come and join them and uh, indulge in pleasures of the flesh and thereby corrupt them and turn them against the Knights of the Grail. And that is what happened to Amfortas. Yes, it sure did. Uh, chief among Klingzor's weapons, if you will, is this figure, this, this woman named Kundri. And her backstory is that she was present at the crucifixion of Christ and she laughed at him and she was thereby cursed to spend eternity in the service of, of Klingzor to do his bidding to tempt Grail Knights whenever he, he chose. Even before then, she was, uh, when, when he summons her in Act Two, he, he invokes all of the names that she's been known by throughout history, one of which is Herodias, which was Zalame's mother in, in the biblical story. And uh, Kundri uh, spends most of her time trying to serve the Knights of the Grail to atone for all the things that she's done throughout history. But whenever he needs her, Klingzor can summon her and force her to do his bidding to become his chief seductress of the Grail Knights. So Amfortas is seduced by Kundri in the Magic Garden. Yes. And... What that does is he loses his concentration. He drops the sacred spear. Which he had taken with him to with which to defeat Klingzor. Once and for all. Right. That, that sort of that final victory of Christendom over the pagans. Right. When he drops the spear, Klingzor grabs it and wounds him with it. Yes. Wounds him in the thigh. We have this sort of the symbolism of that uh, Amfortas's wound, a constant reminder of his giving into the temptations his of failure. the flesh. His failure, exactly. And what's also interesting about Klingsor is we have the, we we have these emasculating wounds. Amfortas's wound, and Klingsor himself emasculated himself, himself himself to remove temptation from himself. Amfortas has lived with this wound because the only way that that wound can be healed is if it's touched by the sacred spear. Which is still on the possession of Klingsor. Klingsor, right. Yes. 
So at the beginning of Parsifal here, we have this strange youth that sort of shows up. Right, because as we've learned before he even shows up from the uh, the Knight Gunamans, who is sort of our Mr. Exposition <laughs> throughout the opera, um, we've learned that there is a prophecy that only uh, Ein Reiner Tor, a guileless fool, will be able to get the spear back, from, defeat Klingzor and, and retrieve the spear in order to heal Amfortas' wound. And so they're waiting for this Reiner Tor, this, this guileless fool, to show up. And all of a sudden, here comes, we don't know his name yet, his name is Parsifal, but he doesn't even know his name because he is so guileless that he's, he, is, he really is a blank slate. He doesn't know who he is. He's, he's, uh, he really is a, he really is a tabla rosa. He's just all innocence, waiting for experience to happen to him. And what happens to him? He's taken in to Montsalvat. Right, and they enact the, the grail ceremony, the communion ceremony for him, this beautiful, majestic, elaborate r- ritual, uh, at the end of which Gurnamans turns to him and says, do you understand what you've just seen? And the kid just kind of goes, no. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Upon which, Gournemans concludes, ah, he's just a stupid kid, and f- shoves him out the door, basically. So, Parzifal then, in Act Two, wandering outside of Montsalvat, comes across the magic garden right. of Kingsaw. Right. And he meets Kundry. Right, whom Klingzor has sent to deal with to him. To waylay him. To waylay him, yes, so to speak. <laughs> Klingzor has an inkling of who this person might be. Well, yeah, he, he I, I think he recognizes, as I think maybe Kundry does, when she, cause, because she is present in Act 1 during all of this that goes on when, when Parsifal arrives, and she, you know, perhaps recognizes, as does Klingzor, that this is perhaps the greatest threat to Klingzor that they've yet faced. So she she throws everything she's got <laughs> at Parsifal because she has to. She has no choice. She doesn't want to. But she has to. She's compelled, by, she's right. compelled by Klingzor to do so. But there is also this prophecy that the only way she will be able to atone for the past and, and move on from all those bad things that she has done in the past is if she comes across somebody who rejects her. Mm, indeed. And that is precisely what Parsifal does. Exactly. She kisses him and he recoils, immediately recoils and says, Amfortas divunda, the wound. He gets it in that instant. He, he understands what Amfortas, uh, he understands the temptation. He understands what Amfortas faced and what he failed to resist, so Parsifal himself then resists it and rejects the kiss. Klingzor appears with the spear, hoping to finish the deal himself, and he hurls the spear at Parsifal, attempting to wound Parsifal as he did on Fortas. Right. Parsifal reaches up and, and grabs the spear out of midair. And with that, the entire castle of Klingzor's castle, his magic garden, all 
vanishes. Crumbles right. and vanishes. And Parsifal, before he's, leaving... He's broken, he's he's broken, broken the, the spell. spell. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And um, he, he sets off with the spear and says to Kundri, I will, I will see you again. Uh, he doesn't know when or where. He doesn't know how to find his way back to Montsalvat. But he's going to, by gosh, he's going to try. <laughs> and he does. It takes him many, many years to find his way back. But uh, at the beginning of Act 3, we find Gundamans living as a hermit. And uh, Parsifal happens upon him. So, Parsifal's back. Gunamans recognizes him. Yes. Does Parsifal know who he is now? He does. Uh, he, and he knows, of course, that he's found Montsalvat again. Right. And, and we also should, should mention that in Act 2, in his encounter with Kudri before the kiss, he learns about who he is. She tells him, she, I mean, she knew his father. She knew his mother. She knew his name. He didn't even know his name. So he's learned things about himself, about his identity, but he's also gone from innocence to experience. And he's regained the spear, and he has returned to Montsalvat to fulfill the prophecy, which uh, when he shows Gunamans the spear, Gunamans is, is just uh, overwhelmed with gratitude and relief because he had basically given up. Gunamans invests Parsifal as the new leader of the Knights of the Grail. Indeed. Uh, and we then have an orchestral passage that's very famous called the Good Friday Spell, uh, in which all of nature... Because it's Good Friday, isn't it? The it day, is Good Friday, The day yes. that he arrives back <clears throat> at Montsavat. Exactly. No symbolism there. No, none at all. <laughs> Just a coincidence. Wink, wink. <laughs> all of nature, though, responds to this impending redemption that, that is represented by Parsifal on his arrival. We even have this image of Kundry washing his feet, washing Parsifal's feet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is really, here in Act 3, he is this Christ-like Christ figure. figure. Exactly. And he is able to heal Amfortas's wound, but not before Ticciarell has died. Right. And they're about to celebrate his funeral. Yeah, and it should be said, Amfortas is just in the worst possible shape. He can bear, he cannot get himself off of his couch. He's, he's so depleted um, physically and uh, in, in his soul. And he, he, he cannot even uh, fulfill his duties as the leader of the Grail Knights and hold the sacred communion ceremony. He just can't do it, um, both physically and because he's so uh, depleted well, I mean, in, in spiritually, spiritually Thank physically you. as well. To find that word. Spiritually and physically, exactly. And then Parsifal arrives and says, uh, you know, in, in, in regards to Amfortas' wound, only one weapon will serve, and here it is. <laughs> so that's, that then is his redemption. Exactly. Amfortas is redeemed. 
Uh, Kundri sinks to the ground and, and expires, basically, because her curse is lifted and she's... She can go to heaven. Pretty much. Right. And Parsifal is the new head of the Grail Knights. And the, uh, the score ends on an unbelievably beautiful antiphonal choral note uh, and, and uh, the, all the different uh, key mot- motives uh, and the orchestra sounding one last time. And so Wagner really going out on sort of a high note. Yeah. I mean, as thematically <laughs> as well as musically. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, it should be said, and we won't go into light motives or anything like that in any kind of great depth, but that is, that is the, the thing that Wagner is, one of the things that Wagner is most known for is the fact that if you think back to your, your high school literature classes and you talk about all the different kinds of narrators you can have in a, in a novel, think of the orchestra here as an omniscient narrator. And the light motives, which is to say musical themes, you know, like what you hear in a, in a John Williams score, you know, mm-hmm. in Star Wars or something like that, only much more complex and used with much, much greater complexity. Um, Wagner uses, I mean, the orchestra is constantly feeding you information and telling you things that the characters on stage don't know, telling you about their feelings, foreshadowing, um, doing all sorts of amazing things. Uh, and the, the light motives, the, the, the themes, these are the language the orchestra uses to communicate all this. And it makes you realize what a master Wagner was. Yeah, he'd have, te- he'd have told you that himself, yes. too. <laughs> Ricard Wagner's Parsifal, about six weeks opera cheat sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening. <laughs>